0: start praying about friends. If you're lonely, asking God to show you where you can find friends. And He may open your eyes to places that you already are, where maybe you've been holding back or you just haven't seen someone yet as someone who could be a friend.
1: Part of the, the midlife and the fledging stage when your kids are leaving and your life is changing so much is grieving the friendships that were. Part of that was naming the grief of not having those relationships that I had when our kids were all little.
0: Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast, where you'll find tips, encouragement, and resources to help you thrive in the midlife. Join us on Instagram at Midlife Moms Podcast or our Facebook group, Midlife Moms Community. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today for episode five. We're talking about friendship. My name is Amelia Rhodes. I'm your host, and joining me today is my co host, Brenda Yoder. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. The sun is shining. I'm so happy. And I love this topic, which early in my life, I don't think I could have imagined myself in my 40s saying that friendship is one of my most favorite things to talk about, but it
1: is. And uh, you have been a good model to me for friendship. And um, I actually just used your name the other day. Someone said, who was a great encourager in your life? And I typed in Amelia Rhodes. So our audience has a great opportunity to learn from someone who does friendship and community very well. Thank you.
0: You have been a great friend to me. And you're an example of one of my adult friends that I really found in midlife that I'm so thankful for. And as I was thinking about this topic and I recognize this is rare and that not all of our listeners are there. So I want to encourage you that it's possible. I have the most friends, the most female friends in midlife than I have ever had in my life. And that's a testimony part to the journey I've been on in that I did not make girlfriends easily growing up as a girl. I was one who had more guy friends than girlfriends and was always leery of other females. And it really wasn't until I was in my thirties and a mom that I really began to understand female friendship and wrap my head around it and see the value and dig into it. And it was, you know, for many years, I put walls up and it was me. I was afraid of getting hurt, had been hurt. And so if you are sitting out there and you're feeling lonely and you don't have many friends, I just want to encourage you that there is hope. And I have been on quite a journey over the past couple of decades and it's been work and it's been effort, but it is so worth it. So I just want to encourage those who are feeling lonely. And I know you understand that too, Brenda.
1: Yeah. In fact, this topic is dear to my heart for midlife moms because it wasn't until um, several years ago, I wrote in my prayer journal during my Quiet time, I wrote in a kind of a conversation with God saying, Lord, I don't have any friends. And the tears just released. And I thought, Brenda, that's that's so dumb because people would say you have friends. And as I thought about it, I thought, no, I really have relationships with people. But what I realized was I have a lot of relationships. I had work relationships. I had relationships with people at church, but the idea of friendship of that reciprocal friendship that was so present in my early life with a lot of young moms and going through life together um, with our kids was changing as I was reaching midlife and my family was changing. So I think at that time I had two kids who were probably in college and two kids who were still at home. And so I wrote this blog post called, I have no friends and other mom grief. And it was before I wrote Fledge. And I posted it, you know, on social media and shared it and the influx of common experiences around this loneliness and this grief and this loss of friends who used to be, but either are no longer there or your friendships have changed because your life has changed really hit a nerve. And then that's when I realized that the whole kind of fledging stage, the whole midlife stage of your family changing really was a common experience, but no one was talking about it. So I'm excited to really talk about this topic with our midlife moms today, because I really do believe that for all of us, midlife is such a changing stage of life and friendship is something that definitely changes right along with it. Absolutely. And
0: rather than fearing it, I would just love to encourage us all to recognize that there can be great beauty that can come out of the change that happens with our friendships, new people. I think of the new women who've come into my life, even just in the past couple of years and what a blessing they are. And so to open yourself up to friendship is a big deal. It's not easy. This is a huge topic, more than we can cover in one episode. And so we just want you to know, we will continue to talk about friendship and the different tricky elements of it, even painful elements of it in upcoming episodes. But today we just really want to give this big overview of friendship in midlife. What makes a strong friend? Where do we find friends? Because life is changing and you don't have some of those natural built-in connections So we're really looking forward to this. So let's jump in and get started.
1: And Amelia, you have written a book on friendship and our listeners may not even know that, but you use an acronym called HELP Mm -hmm. that is so practical. And that's one thing I really appreciate about you. And as our listeners get to know you and get to know both of us throughout the podcast, that's one element that I really appreciate about you as a friend is that you, you are very practical and yet you are so caring, but your, your acronym HELP, um, right? Can, can you share that a little bit with us and then also um, share a little bit about, um, give me a coffee break.
0: Yes. So the book I wrote is called, Isn't It Time for a Coffee Break? doing life together in an all about me kind of world. And it really combined some of my favorite things. One, because I love coffee and I love coffee breaks with friends and I love friendships. And this was a journey for me because when I wrote the book, I was just coming into a season of really understanding friendship. And actually they say, write, write what you know, but sometimes you don't know what you know until you write it. And that's what I found writing the book really challenged me, my friendships. And this was something that God gave to me as I was writing it. And I wrote a chapter called brew a strong cup of friendship through H E L P. And I was out for a walk one day and I was evaluating my good friends, what makes them strong friends. And it really is that we help each other, that we are there for each other. And you talked about reciprocity and that's such a key thing that it's not just one-sided, but H E L P. So I'll walk through what the acronym is because I just love it so much. And the H is honesty and being honest with each other about where you are, where you're struggling, what's going okay. What's not and vulnerability is, does not come easily. And I will share, we're going to share an episode next on vulnerability. But that was a changing point for me when I shared a deep struggle in my life with two close friends, because I had reached rock bottom. And I couldn't sleep. And I was, I had been to the doctor, just hit my lowest point possible, probably in my early mid thirties. And when I shared with two of my closest friends, who I would have considered my best friends at the time, and they looked me in the eye and said, I never would have known. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that, that was the point. And that really was the changing point for me in friendship of beginning to open myself up and be honest with others and share really what was going on because I'm good at hiding. I'm a good actress. And I think many of us were good at
1: hiding. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely, definitely very applicable to almost everybody, because I think we're going to talk about some of these topics further on, um, out in different episodes, because there's so much wrapped up into that. There's, there's so much fear and there's, um, And I think even our social media world really um, prevents us from entering into those spaces. But one thing, Amelia, your second acronym is on encouragement and you are a great encourager. And so I think we'll talk quite a bit about how do we step into those vulnerable places in the, in our next episode, it's going to be on vulnerability, but tell me about encouragement and what, What has been helpful to you? Because I think sometimes as friends, we can encourage others, but then, um, you know, we've talked about that reciprocity. How do you encourage others so that it's something that comes back to you?
0: So encouragement, right. So when you share in honesty, you, you, you bear your soul, you put out there. If I had shared that, my friend was like, oh yeah, that's too bad for you. That would have been horrible, but she followed it up with encouragement and they go together. If you're going to be honest and vulnerable, you need to be willing to take that step and encourage each other and really dig in. And there's a verse that I shared in the book that I loved. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that's from the book of Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And to me, that wraps up. Really what encouragement is, it's giving each other courage and courage. You see the word courage in the middle there, giving each other courage to go forward in your parenting, to, to battle the things that you're battling, to stand up to the things in culture that are taking you backwards, to stand up for love and good deeds. And so that's really what I find strong friendships do is you give each other courage to Mm -hmm. face midlife. You give each other courage to face the day to go one more day advocating for your teenager or your young adult. And so that's really what I have seen it is um, giving, but also being willing to receive. So it goes hand in hand, you, I have friends who they are there for you. And I was this person, they're there for you, but I'm good, I don't need anything. And that's kind of really damaging because then you're not allowing those friends, the opportunity to pour into you as you've poured into them. So it kind of gets to that reciprocity that we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I know for myself that I've walked through some really hard times with some of my closest friends during midlife, Um, divorces, uh, marriages that are you know, really rocky, hard things with their teens or young adults. And I found myself at a space where um, I realized that I needed to be vulnerable and open with even those friends who were hurting as I was encouraging them, because that's part of that reciprocal process of that give and take of um, even though what I was going through may not have been as um, as heartbreaking as what they were going through, I realized that if if we really are in these spaces of close friendships, then I need to invite them into my world a little bit too. And so, um, just what you shared really was something I've had to cognitively think about to be able to make myself vulnerable and um, in those relationships where I'm encouraging others, maybe through a season, you know, and I think that's just that I think we go through seasons where we may be encouraging others more because they're at a place where they need it. And then maybe a year or two down the road, they're there to encourage us more because we're at a place where things are maybe um, really hard in in our life and their life is at a different place. And I think that's key. And I was
0: Talking to a friend recently, who I knew something was going on, and I finally called her up. I'm like, okay, like shoot with me straight. What's really going on? And when she shared, she was like, well, I just I don't want to burden everybody else and and the others. And we're we are in a group together, a group setting together. And she's like, I don't want to, you know, burden everybody. Others have so many bigger, harder things going on. But as she was sharing what she was struggling with, it really resonated with me. And I was like, Oh dear, like I totally relate to this. And while it may not have been, you know, a big traumatic thing, it's deep and it's personal. And I said, don't discount that we so easily discount, you know, what we're struggling with and we hold it into ourselves. Whereas we lose that opportunity to really build connection of, I've been through that too. And we developed this connection over this conversation it's something we didn't realize we had in common.
1: Right. Which brings us to your third acronym, which is L and it stands for a word that um, we all need to practice more. What is that?
0: And the L stands for love. And that's one you could go in deep detail over love being the core of our Christian faith and one of the great characters of God that we are to model. And really, I think that's where I had to realize I can't love on my own power. Like I am a selfish person and the world revolves around me and that is our human nature. And so when we just try to gut it out and love on our own, we are unable to, but when I recognize that that love comes from God, and that I don't have to muster it up on my own, that really changed the game for me. Of Sometimes you you know people annoy you, people frustrate you, even your friends, but when you recognize they are a child of God, they are made in God's image and it's through his eyes that you can see them. It really is a transformational experience. And so love as defined in the Bible is really sacrificial. It honors God, it involves serving. And so one of the verses that stood out to me that I wrote into the book was my command is this, this is Jesus speaking. So Jesus talked a lot about love, love each other. As I have loved you greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If I do, if you do what I command, this is my command, love each other from John 15, 12 through 14. And that just, he set the example. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he didn't do on his own. And he laid down his life for his friends truly giving it up and dying on their behalf. And as we lay down our life and serve those around us, there's another verse where Jesus says, those who are willing to lose their life for my sake will gain it. And I have found in the serving, in the giving, love is an action verb. We think of it as a warm, fuzzy feeling, but in reality, it's an action verb. And love does a lot of things. And in the book, I had a whole chapter on love where I went through all of the action verbs I found not all of them, but many of them in the Bible of what love does. And it's a strong, powerful, active word. And when we live that out, it changes our relationships. But again, it's looking for those reciprocity. Sometimes it's one-sided. You're in a season where you are giving. And
1: sometimes you're in a season where you need to receive that love. Which brings us to the last one, uh, which equips us in all of those ways that we feel we may not be equipped to help a friend. And I think that's part of what may pull some of us away from really investing in relationships during this time is that midlife time of life is exhausting in so many different ways. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, And we may feel like we don't know what to say to someone when our lives start drifting in different directions or when Really hard things come. I often say that somewhere in between the time your oldest is in middle school till your last one graduates from college or is in their mid 20s, your family is going to have something significant that is going to impact. Um, I've seen it over and over again just by the nature of life. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in midlife, even if we've lost connections with people because we're not actively in those circles anymore, we don't know how to reach out when we know that something is really hard for them, but, um, your last acronym is the one thing that we always can do. And especially I I loved how you shared of loving, not in our own strength, but through the strength of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So what is that last tool in the help acronym? So the P stands for prayer,
0: and it's really like the glue that binds it all together. It's it taps us into the power source of God's spirit. And yes, even when you've been out of touch with someone for a long time and you hear something's going on, just, or even if you don't know what's going on, just reaching out, hey, you are on my mind today. I'm praying for you. Is there something specific I can pray for you? And I wrote a whole book on prayer called Pray A to Z. And we truly covered 150 topics from A to Z in that book on prayer. And it's been transformational because it is a conversation I have learned. Prayer is not one way, it's not just us asking God for things but it is a two-way conversation as I've grown and deepened in my prayer life of talking to God and then listening to God, which is a whole nother thing that could be a topic all on its own that I have studied. And I know you have two over the years, but in, in beseeching God on behalf of our friends, there is an element of quietness and listening where suddenly the Holy spirit will give you an idea or you'll have a thought or a verse or something that will come to mind. There's Uh, a friend in my life recently, where I knew she was struggling and I knew there was something going on. I didn't know how to help. I, I didn't know what I could do to help. And I took two weeks, three weeks, just kept praying and asking God. And I chatted about it with my husband, because if we were going to get involved, it was going to be a big thing and just continued to listen. And then all of a sudden, one day in conversation with her, she mentioned something and it was like, light bulb, that's it. And that's the thing about prayer is not only is it beseeching God, but sometimes God says you're the answer. Like, this is what I want you to do to step in. And that's been a beautiful thing where my family has been able to come in and my kids we see this example of this is a friend that we are helping through a season and it's changing her life, changing her kids' lives in ways that we never could have imagined. And that's completely God. Like we all just sit back, like that's God doing that. Like we thought we were helping with this. But God had this much, much bigger picture in mind that only he could do. And so it's this process of conversation with God, but then also listening, because sometimes you're the answer to the
1: prayer. I love that. And as I've been listening to you, I've been thinking about some of those women who may be struggling with something that, that I have felt, which is, wow, I want to do those things. I want to have those deep relationships like Amelia's talking about, but every ounce of my energy goes to my kids. It goes to my job. It goes to taking care of my parents, just feeling like I'm barely surviving. So, um, what are some tips for building relationships during this season of midlife, when we feel like we are just barely surviving with the people around us, which are our, our families. And in like, in your case, Amelia, your kids, you know, you often talk about, I only have, you know, four years at home with all my kids there. and, And that's where I've been. It's you, you really almost shut out relationships. I know for myself years ago, I stopped going to all of the kind of the, um, you know, the, the different parties that you'd have in your home and different gatherings, because the times my evenings were so rare that I was actually at home with our kids because of sports and things like that. So, um, how have you found just some simple, some simple tips for finding friendships, Mm -hmm. especially for those who, um, are, are like you more in your early 40s, and your friendships are changing kind of from those closer friendships that a lot of women have when you are little, right? There's mops groups, there's, there's lots of groups, lots of ways to gather when your kids are little, but as your kids become teens outside of shared events, like sporting events or sport, your, your sport mom with fellow moms, how do you find those friendships?
0: That's a good question. And you have to pick and choose in this season because your family is a priority and there might be extra drains on your time. So unfortunately, you do have to pick and choose where you're gonna be involved, what you're gonna do, and how often you can see friends. And I had a couple of friends that we had a standing Friday morning coffee date where I recently had to say, I can't do it every week anymore. You know, I need to be every other week or once a month. And and there's needs to be this gracious understanding if we're all in that phase of life too, but this gracious understanding of you may not have the time or the energy to give that you once did. So starting with that, I don't want to say like lowering expectations, but kind of lowering your expectations of what you're capable of participating in or the amount of relationships you're capable of maintaining in this season of life and asking for wisdom. But I've come to think what, where can I put my time and energy that I already am. Where am I? Where am I already? Not adding something new on, but where am I already? So I work, I work at a church and I've spent my career in nonprofits, religious and non-religious. So at work, are there relationships, friendships that can be formed because we're already there and seeing it not just as a coworker, but you go a little bit deeper, maybe on a lunch conversation or a break or at an activity. The other thing has been within my kids activities, is there somewhere you can volunteer where you are still participating in their activity and in their event, but an opportunity to make friends. So I started selling gummy bears at the orchestra concerts because they needed help, but it was also a way to get to know some of the other moms and find connections there. The other thing is church for me has been a big part. And one thing that I've made a point over the years is staying connected to a women's small group and it's structured. So you've got, you know, these are the hour that we meet every week during the school year and the study that, that we're doing. And this year actually started leading for the first time. And all of the women who came, we were a variety of ages, but they were all there for friendship to study, you know, the study as well, but one of their needs and their craving was friendship. And that's been a very life-giving thing. So that's been my one big thing that I'm doing outside of the family this year that's been an addition, but otherwise I'm trying to see where, where am I already? One of the things too, that we do is we volunteer as a family. Is that something you can do and build connections and make new friendships? So for us, we were already going to church. They had a need for people to serve coffee at church. So it wasn't something added on maybe a little extra time, but something we could do together as a family. But then also we've had a chance to get to know other families and people in our church that we wouldn't have. So that's been a key for me of looking for where am I already, where I might be able to find friends or develop relationships. But then too, it's easier than ever to maintain long distance friendships or people who you don't see as often. So I know Brenda and I, with a third friend, have a video chat group where we check in once a week as is convenient or as we have time over and we just send little video text messages and it's a prayer group. We pray for each other and we encourage each other through this stage and season of life. And then last night I had a quick video chat with two friends out of state And so, you know, just now and then popping in and checking in on some of those older relationships where maybe you don't see each other as often, but using technology and what works for you, if it's a group chat that doesn't get overwhelming or a video chat. So it's really being creative. I don't know that there's any one way, but a key for me has been where am I already in this season of life and how could I maybe take it one step further and get enough people there?
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. I know for myself, it's been, had it's been an intentional process for me from that moment where I penned those words of I have no friends and really it led me into a time of grief. So as I processed part of the the midlife and the fledging stage, when your kids are leaving and your life is changing so much is grieving the friendships that were. And I know in the book Fledge, I have a chapter called Friendship and Loneliness and part of that was naming the grief of not having those relationships that I had when our kids were all little. So when my kids were little, there was a large group of us who all hung out together. And, um, but then we started going to different churches and our kids were in different sports and, you know, your children's lives as they grow. And as you are in midlife really shape a lot of your time and activities. So um, and as a mom who has four children over a 10 year time period, the friends that I had with my older children were different. They were in a different stage than the friends that I had, you know, with my younger two children. So. I really had to grieve the losses, but then I also had to understand that just because friends are at a different stage. So just because certain friends became grandmothers and, and then their, their life kind of revolved around that before I became a grandma, that didn't mean that they didn't care anymore. Um, So I know for myself, similar to what you were sharing is finding friends that may look different, but in the activities that you're you know, about right now in your life. So and I, I know for myself, um, I have writer and speaker friends. And um, for a long time, I wasn't working outside of my home, meaning I do private practice. Um, I do private practice and then writing and speaking. But this last year actually sent me back into the school system, because I needed human connection. And I needed those coworker relationships outside of um, outside of it was so so eye opening. I needed relationships that really were chit chatty. Yeah, you know, yeah. as as a therapist and as someone who who is ministering to people all the time, I needed just people kind of my age that I can chit chat about nothing with. So those are one type of friendship that I really needed to um, to seek out, and I did that through a new job. Not the only reason I I did that, but it's definitely a perk that goes along with it. Um, another thing that I just wanted to mention is looking for friends who are not in your stage of life. So that's one thing that I have learned. I probably don't have a lot of true midlife friends in my life where I hang out with them because of all these other factors that we've talked about. Our, our kids are adults. They're in college. They're finishing up their last high school years, we don't have any time anymore, you know, to gather, but I have friends who are 10 years younger, 10 to 15 years older who have similar beliefs and values in life. And so one thing that has been helpful to me, Amelia, as we kind of wrap things up here are kind of these multi-generational friendships, Mm -hmm. but, um, our little friendship, Um, group of prayer with you and this um, third person I know has been encouraging to me because it's been a safe space where I could share things that um, maybe were about my own struggles or about my personal life, my family life, because you don't know my kids, you don't know, you know, so some of those things are safe places. And I know that that's going to kind of open up this Mm -hmm. discussion that we're going to be moving to in our next episode about vulnerability. But I just want to encourage everyone who's out there as you think about friendships and as you think about um, how to be intentional in this season is that seeing it for what it is in the midst of all of these other midlife things, which is it's different.
0: Yeah. I would say setting realistic expectations Yeah, and it will look different for you than it will for your neighbor or your friend or how it looked for your mom. But
1: that's been key for me is setting realistic expectations. Yeah. And I found that actually some of the, some of um, my, my dearest friends right now are, are significantly older, which is also a reciprocal relationship. So I think when Mm -hmm. we're younger, we tend to think about older women as only being mentors, but what's beautiful, I think, in entering midlife is that midlife really does open up this broad stage of life where you really are doing similar things in life now with women who have been there for a while. And there's not the, there's, there's not the um, kind of the defining things of parenting children at different stages anymore. So that's kind of what is helpful too. So that's um, been
0: key for me. And I have the women's group that I'm in this year. We are multi-generational. I'm one of the older ones and I have loved having friends in this group who are a good 15, 20 years younger than me. And there's this kind of level playing field because it's not about kids. It's Mm -hmm. not about marriage. It's just about this common human experience. And I have loved it. I've learned so much from them and we have this beautiful friendship. And so that's one of the keys that I think I've had to learn because I had, we had a season of really great family friendships where, The wives were friends, the husbands were friends, the kids were friends. And then we moved out of that community. And now it's kind of like my friends, his friends, the kids' friends, and maybe some family friends. But recognizing, like you said, there is a little bit of a gift in having friends who are just your friends in that you can share different things because you aren't all family friends, not breaking confidence or gossip, but
1: truly connecting to encourage, pray for and share with each other. I think that is important. So as we finish up, what would be one takeaway that we want to encourage our listeners with?
0: That's our action step for this week is to start praying about friends. If you're lonely, really, this is something I talk about in the book, asking God to show you where you can find friends. And he may open your eyes to places that you already are, where you, maybe you've been holding back, or you just haven't seen someone yet as someone who could be a friend. So I would say, just start by praying and asking God, where you can build friends if you're lonely. And if you're in a season of like, I need to step back also just asking for wisdom to know and having an honest conversation with some of your friends. of like, I I'm sorry in this season, I need to step back, not from you and from our friendship, but from these activities in order to focus on God calling me to my
1: family or whatever that might be in that season. And as I was just thinking, we didn't have our humor, um, our little humor snippet that we normally have at the beginning of the episode. But as I finish up, I would just say, um, part of my weekly humor, and maybe this can be how we end this episode is, um, to find a friend or two who you can just laugh with. And, um, one, one way that you can do that, or just one thing for myself is that is find a few people who you can share kind of those just really silly things with. And, Um, I have a few friends that I do that mainly through text messaging. And so I can, you know, text them, um, some of those, uh, face palm type incidences that happen that you don't want to share over social media and they will laugh with you. So, um, I just want to encourage all of us to not take ourselves too seriously too when it comes to friendships. And, um, with that, why don't we go ahead and wrap up this episode? Thank you so much for
0: joining us today. We're so glad you're here. Be sure to check out the next episode. We're going to talk about vulnerability and we're going to continue the conversation on friendship and go a little bit deeper into that topic about authenticity, honesty, and vulnerability. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join the conversation on Instagram at Midlife Moms Podcast or in our private Facebook group. Just search Midlife Mom Community. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and leave a comment and a five-star review to help us spread the word about this new podcast.